0: what's up everybody i wanted to tell you about the 2017 loudwire music awards which are happening in los angeles october 24th performers include avenge sevenfold anthrax hailstorm Dave Mustaine, In This Moment, Body Count, Nothing More, Star Set, and Power Trip, with a whole bunch of presenters, including Zach Wild, Vinnie Paul, Steve Vai, Rex Brown, Demon Hunter, August Burns Red, Butcher Babies, New Year's Day, and so many more. Black carpet hosts include Jose Mangan of XM and recent Speak & Destroy podcast guest Jamie Josta. I'm extremely excited to announce that the day before, the MI Conversation series continues at the Musicians Institute, where I will sit down for an in-depth discussion with Tony Iommi. The Man Whose Hands Gave Us Heavy Metal. This event is exclusively for MI students and alumni. The following day at the award show, Tony Iommi will receive the first ever Courage Award. There'll also be the Lemmy Lifetime Achievement Award given to Rob Halford, who was also a guest at our MI Conversation series. The 2017 Loudwire Music Awards will also be giving the Humanitarian Award to the Red Rocker himself, Sammy Hagar. Shout out, Van Hagar. I, I don't mind saying it. I'm ready for the Van Hagar reunion. Let's get Michael Anthony. Let's get Sammy Hagar up there. You know, it's very very gracious of Sammy to suggest that Roth could be involved too, but at this point, I don't even really care. I you know, Sammy still brings it and I think that'd be a great show. This episode of Speaking Destroy is also brought to you by the new movie American Satan, which will be in theaters on Friday, October thirteenth. American Satan is the story of a young rock band who drop out of college and move to the Sunset Strip to chase their rock and roll dreams. Now caught in the middle of a Faustian deal, their music and controversial altercations end up influencing society beyond anything this century has seen. American Satan was written and directed by Ash Avelson, creator of Sumerian Records. It features an original score by Jonathan Davis of Korn, with music from Deftones, Skid Row, Circus Survive, and a lot more. American Satan stars Andy Biersack from Black Veil Brides, John Bradley from Game of Thrones, Ben Bruce from Asking Alexandria, Boo Boo Stewart from The Twilight Saga, screen legend Malcolm McDowell, Mark Boone Jr. from Sons of Anarchy, 2012 Miss Universe Olivia Culpo, newcomer Jesse Sullivan, Denise Richards, Bill Goldberg, Drake Bell, and one of my favorite character actors, Bill Duke. You'll be able to see American Satan at AMC Theatres, Regal Cinemas, Cinemax. Go to AmericanSatanMovie.com to get information about tickets and how you can support the film. This is Speak and Destroy, a podcast about all things Metallica. I'm your host, Ryan J. Downey. My guest this episode is Lizzie Hale, singer and guitarist for the Grammy Award-winning band, Hailstorm. Hailstorm's most recent studio album, Into the Wildlife, debuted in the top five of the Billboard 200. And in true Metallica fashion, Hailstorm has released a series of EPs paying tribute to the music that shaped them. With covers of songs by Skid Row, Soundgarden, Guns N' Roses, Judas Priest, ACDC, The Beatles, Heart, Temple of the Dog, Lady Gaga, Whitesnake, Joan Jett, and of course, Metallica. Hailstorm's take on Ride the Lightning from the 2017 Reanimate 3.0 EP just absolutely rips. You have to check that out. So here it is, my chat with the excellent Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm. This is Speak and Destroy.
1: I grew up on my parents' music mostly, so it's like my dad loved everything, you know, basically everything with a color, (laughs) like Black Sabbath and Pink Floyd and White Snake and Deep Purple and that kind of stuff. So uh, so I grew up in a lot of that. And and then uh, then my mom, I think, was jealous that I was listening to a lot of male-fronted stuff. And so she started introducing me to Heart and all that. But um, my introduction to Metallica is actually kind of strange. I had a a neighbor. Uh, don't laugh, but his, his actual real name was David Livingston. And he uh-huh. was it, <clears throat> cute kid. We were teenagers together. And he introduced me to Metallica. But he was afraid that I was going to get in trouble because of the swearing. So he gave me the edited version of garage Inc. So that was like my first Metallica record. Nice. And, um, and, uh, and it, it was funny because, like, my parents really didn't care about that stuff, but he was being very sweet and kind I, about
0: I, that. I, you know, I was trying to think what would be edited on there, and then I am then I realized uh, So What would just be, like, yeah, un- un- the, unlistenable. Yeah, that's was
1: the only one, really. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but it was funny because, like, you know, I hadn't ever really heard the original um, So What song either. So it was, like, I just kind of assumed you know, oh, Metallica did that, you know? <laughs> so, oh, right, yeah.
0: I mean, that, yeah. Th- that's been the case with, um, I think, a lot of their cover songs over the years. I mean, for for me, my Metallica experience, um, I think I'm a little bit older than you, uh, the Garage Days EP was the current Metallica release when I discovered the band, and it was a similar oh, thing. Wow. I, like I was aware that they were covers, but it's like I just sort of got to know those songs as theirs before exactly. then going back and discovering, you know, the bands they were covering.
1: Yeah, because then when you listen to like the original whiskey in in the jar, it's like, oh, this doesn't rock nearly enough. <laughs> you uh, yeah, know?
0: And, like, you know, so. Much. God bless merciful fate. I, no pun intended. I I, lo- I love merciful fate, but I like hearing all those songs in the medley.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> more I know. than know. actually
0: sitting down and listening to each of those songs and at length on their own from
1: from the from the on the uh, the entirety of the song. Yeah, I, I know, and um, yeah, and then I mean after that, obviously, I, I dug in. Um, I am a huge fan of the of uh, the Black Album, uh, just coming from a songwriter point of view, and um, and then I kind of reached back to you know some you know justice and all of that, but it's I, you can't really go wrong with Metallica, and yeah. you know. And, then I, in turn, kind of introduced my parents to Metallica, so I'm kind of proud of that. <laughs> that's
0: definitely something to be proud of. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to say, uh, since starting this podcast, the Black Album's been getting a surprising amount of love, uh, which is you know warms my heart because I'm with you. You can't really go wrong with Metallica. It is the biggest selling album of the SoundScan era. I, I don't think that that's without reason. Um, you know, I'm not one that says sales uh, validate something artistically, of course. But I mean, no. that record is. Unstoppable, and it's still selling like between two and five thousand copies a week there's a reason for that
1: it 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 had it had such a wide reach, and that's why it, like i like I was saying, I kind of introduced my parents to Metallica in turn, you know and uh, and I started with the black album i'm like you have to listen to this, and you know now my mom's a fan, and she 's all proud of that because she thinks she's cool <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that that was the record where um you know people I, I was in towards the end of high school when that record came out. And I'd been listening to Metallica since middle school and that was it was still something that was very fringe for, you know, all of us skateboarding, long hair, yeah. denim jacket weirdos. And then by the, the end of my tenure in high school, the black album came out and everyone was listening to Metallica. I mean, it yeah. was you know, football players and like it was just it was so ubiquitous. But the record is so good that no matter how much how hardened your heart can become as a metal elitist, um, it's just undeniable. You know, I remember at the times reading interviews where uh, I think it was Kirk who said something like, uh, oh, this this record's not heavy. Like, have you heard Sad But True? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely. the heaviest song ever. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the the great thing about when you take those risks is that it ends up being you are absolutely loved on one side and like just passionately loved and absolutely passionately hated on the other side. Yeah. And uh, and I always think of that as a huge triumph for bands, especially metal bands, like to have that kind of reach to literally be. The poster children of, of of metal, you know, is yeah. just such a really just it's a tremendous honor, you know.
0: Yeah, I always say that um, everyone in the metal community, regardless of where they stand on the band, whatever ho- point in the band's history where they may have diverged as a fan, when Metallica puts out a record, everyone talks about it. Like it's an inescapable discussion. Oh, yeah. There's no one in the rock or metal world that like doesn't notice there's a Metallica record and doesn't have an opinion about it, which I think speaks uh, a lot to yeah that that impact that they've had that's just undeniable.
1: Yeah, it's 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 so great, and it, it was always uh, it was always fun. Like just coming from a girl perspective, like like when you start dating and you can kind of like rattle off some Metallica songs. Like, no, I like I really love this stuff. It was always really good with the guys. So <laughs> oh, this chick is cool. You're like, oh, you've
0: probably heard Inner Sandman. You're like, yeah, dude, I'm actually shredding riffs from Ride the Lightning yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your first time uh, getting to see them live?
1: Um, I actually um, because I, I've been in the I've been in Hailstorm since I was 13 and yeah. uh, usually I, I I failed to see them when I was a teenager. Um, but when we started touring overseas, we got to see them at, uh, Rock and Ring and, Rock and Park, and those, nice. ki- like we were kind of tailing and playing these same festivals with them, which blew my mind. And I, I got to like, I got to be in, in the audience and like, just really see what they do, you know, and, um, firsthand. And I, I, I wish I could have seen them back in the day, but the great thing is that they're, they're still, they're, still shredding it's they're, i think they're better than they've i don't ever think been. I, I, yeah. I was gonna say i don't think i've really missed anything <laughs> no
0: and i and i would say that um they're one of those bands you know like iron maiden um or even U two where seeing them in that massive environment is is like it's essential it's an essential part of the experience i think having that big community like you know that many people singing Master of Puppets. And then I've also had the opportunity to see them. Uh, you know, they did a, a charity show here in LA a few years ago at the Fonda, which I think is like 1,700 oh, cool. cap. Yeah. And they, and they did a show in, uh, at San Diego Comic Con a few years ago that was uh, in a venue in downtown San Diego that I think was maybe 1,200. And that was, you know, obviously, that's that's, yeah, I mean, that was one of the greatest experiences of my life, like being in the balcony. And it was so loud. It felt like they had arena production in that 1200 cap room. Like it was it was loud. But yeah. And also you look over and it's like, oh, there's Rob Halford, like singing along. And there's like I remember seeing I've told this story before, but it's like I remember seeing Bradley Cooper. And, you know, you kind of think like, oh, it's like movie star. Like this is a thing to do at Comic-Con. No, the band starts playing and you look over and Bradley Cooper is air guitaring every riff, that's every awesome. solo. He knows every word. And, uh, and then, yeah, come to find out, uh, down the road, he was actually the one who introduced Lady Gaga to Metallica. Cause he's like,
1: Oh, that's really her. cool. So, yeah. So that's it's awesome. like, you never
0: know like the, you know, the fandom of Metallica, how it can connect people around I think the world. It
1: was, I think it was the, um, the golden gods awards a couple of years ago. And, and, uh, we were playing at, we were doing some collaboration stuff and then Metallica was closing and they, they played a song with Rob Halford, yeah. so it's like kind of get to see like your two idols do stuff together. And the funniest thing, so <clears throat> they took the lineup and they posted this online, but they took the lineup of all the bands that was like backstage printed out, and they started giving them all little nicknames. You know what I mean? And so yeah. like they were so they, it got to hailstorm. So everything was like a diss to every single band, you know? <laughs> yes. And and uh, and, and so uh, so they got to hailstorm, and then they they wrote failstorm. And, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I was like so like giddy and yeah. and Honored. I know that's a diss but uh but they were doing it in good fun. I was going
0: to say their their diss is like better and good. I mean, I remember back in the day in Master of Puppets they think Exodus as eggs at us. Yes. So I mean, it's like you're you're in that holy tradition, <laughs> it's you know. So awesome. We know they love Exodus, so they must yeah. lo- they must love Failstorm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Um, so, when did you get? Was that your first opportunity at the Golden Gods to actually get to meet them? Have you have you been able to meet them before?
1: I, I've never, I've never met them. They were kind of swept in and out. And um, but you know, it's 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 interesting doing like these cover EPs that we do because we right. ended up doing Ride the Lightning on our last one. Of course. And uh, and I always <clears throat> I always feel like it's kind of like um, a pseudo dating service because usually <laughs> if I cover something, eventually you get to you know see the guys. <clears throat> uh, totally. I mean, it's, it's happened like over and over again. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, just with, uh, um, with Skip Row <laughs> and like all this stuff and, like we, you just, in white snake and you get to like, kind of like meet them because you've honored them with their,
0: yeah, you know, it's, it, 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 it's sort of so, like, it, like you're sending <laughs> up a flare, you know, yeah. like you're waving a flag like, Hey, uh, over and people are like, Oh, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. technically they have to approve it. So some, that's a nice way yeah. to sneak it in.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, technically they should approve it and then yeah it, it, then it then you know it's on their radar and then if it's good like which in your case yeah. they have been then that, then that goes like the you know the, the ex- yeah i mean I, one of the things i love about your take on ride the lightning is um it, you know the, the tones and everything like it's very it sounds very real and authentic and it's not like overproduced and processed like a lot of stuff is these days but with that being said you know, it sounds better than Ride the Lightning, like, just in terms of, like, modern, in terms of, like, the well, modern, production yeah. value and everything. Yeah, so it, it's nice to hear, like, a really good studio performance of that song recorded in a modern time, if that makes sense. You know, That's I mean? very sweet of you. Thank yeah, it's you. Yeah, it's a neat way to kind of, uh, to relive it. I actually listened to it again this morning, kind of in anticipation of our interview. Um, it, so, yeah, so that, um, Whole process of covering that song, I know that that's a Dave Mustaine Metallica song, and I'm always curious. Uh, and this is just me being a super nerd, right? But it's like when I hear <laughs> that song, I'm always like, which parts did Dave Mustaine?
1: With? Which did Dave? I know, right? Yeah, and probably a lot. A lot of the noodling. Um, and and it's interesting because it's such a fast song, and and we um, you know, we we did it true to tempo, and it was it we we I don't know why we did this, but we waited until the last day to do this song so we literally did the song in a day and uh and Wait we were the kind
0: of, basically the hardest song
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe, why yeah. didn't we do this the first day so we <laughs> would have more time um yeah because like we had we had kind of a you know a list of songs that we wanted to do and so we would kind of go through them and do like a song a day with these eps so it's uh yeah and then we did it with uh nick raskulin who's just an oh, amazing producer and it. and it was kind of our first time recording with him and then we ended up deciding to do our, our next record with him so yeah so those uh, those tones that he got were um, just to come just to get us to, to play um, was a huge uh, uh, I guess a huge selling point you know for, for yeah. us to do the next record with the guy so
0: and, and that was um, in Nashville at his place in Nashville yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's Probably. great I, I got to meet Nick uh, several years ago actually he produced uh, my friend's band Fireball Ministry um, oh, cool. and that was uh yeah kind of it was before his big foo fighters record and all of that and always kind of kept in touch with him I, I like i like nick a lot he's a you know and, and he yeah he he's an analog guy like he's a performance guy like it you know if he if, really if, is. if a band says we want strings on this song like he gets guys from like the nashville yeah. orchestra to show
1: up you know it's not yeah, just like oh let me like
0: program this stuff or whatever um
1: it, it is really cool but it's also you know it's 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 pressured. hard you, you yeah. know how you know how you know he he works and um, we just had this conversation, you know, I, 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 work hard as a, as a vocalist and a, and a player and, and as, as a band, we work really hard to not, I mean, we, there's no tracks or trickery to what we do. We don't do any of that stuff. It's, we plug in, we play. If you hear a wrong note, that means we actually made it, you know, it's, it came from us. But, um, uh, but yeah, the the other day, so we, we started recording the record and then we went out on tour. <laughs> of course, <clears throat> Perfect. And, uh, and he turns to me and he's like, He's like, you know, I haven't tuned your vocals yet, and uh, and he's like, I don't think I'm really going to because just listen to it. I'm like, that's awesome because I was kind of assuming that he was doing that, like as 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 producers he went, do. yeah, you know, as we went, and he's like, no, this doesn't have anything on it, and I'm like, well, oh. fuck, oh, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was yeah. a huge compliment from him, but it's but he tries very hard to make sure that that organic, you know, and like like we do live, it's like we're doing that in the studio where you plug in and you play and you have to know your parts and it's like rock and roll one
0: Oh one. So, yeah. And it's great too, because I mean, kind of like, I think you alluded to, um, sometimes the magic is in the grooves, right. With the, with the mistakes where it's like, if something's just a little off or like, you know, Tempo is a little off in a certain part or whatever. I mean, those early Metallica records are, are full of that oh, stuff. Oh hell yeah! You know, beautiful moments like that. Yes, happy you accidents. Know? Yeah, happy accidents. Where <laughs> yeah, whereas if you know, if, in 1984, if uh, if producers were like, we got to get you into this locked we into this to, yeah. grid, and uh, you know, here's here's this drummer's sound that we're you know we're just going to reamp everything and sample yeah. all this stuff. Like you, we wouldn't have so many of these magical records. You know, I don't, absolutely. I always look at it like tuning and and uh, you know a lot of the types of editing and stuff. I view it the same way as movies, right? Where it's like CGI is great as an enhancement. Like you you need a, you already need a good story, great performances, a compelling movie. Uh, some practical effects are great. And then if you need, you know, it's like the kind of stuff that you shouldn't notice. Yeah. Like, you're not like, Oh, I'm watching fake effects or whatever. And I feel like for me, music is the same way. It's like that stuff's there to kind of enhance and help and make things more efficient. But I don't want to listen to a rock band and, and feel like I'm hearing production. The production. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And and it's it's so funny cuz there are so many uh, you know new bands today that are kind of we've been talking about they build the cake upside down where you're mm. you you are paying so much attention to to the icing that you forget about the fa- the foundation. And then when shit goes awry, you can't do anything about it, you know, cuz you've yeah. based your entire career on on the frivolous stuff, you know. So yeah. It's uh, it's neat to know that there's still people that do that. Uh, you know, um, you know, you probably know M Shadows, right? Yes,
0: he was. The, he Event. was the first guest on Speaking of Destroy. First. Episode. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. And uh, yeah, so we we talk about that stuff all the time, and and uh, they're very adamant, you know, to to keep that integrity and and yeah. um, uh, uh, you know, in their recordings and.
0: We talked and, a lot uh, actually in that yeah. interview even about um the mastering, on yes. uh, on their, on their on the stage, and um. You know, some fans are used to the loudness wars and everything being compressed and blown out. That they didn't. They were like, "There's something wrong with the mix." And it's like, (laughs) "No, no, this mix is perfect. What you're hearing is the mastering, which is also perfect. You just aren't used to hearing records mastered this way." Yes, Yes. (laughs) used to being
1: pummeled. Yeah, yeah. You actually have to listen. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: You can actually hear the dynamics and everything. Just turn up your stereo
1: just a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, it is crazy. It, It is. In some ways, a dying art, but I also think that bands like Hailstorm and Avenged and obviously Metallica, you know, continuing to fly that flag and to put in the effort to, like you said, because if you, yeah, if it's all artifice, if it's all that (laughs) window dressing, if something goes wrong, you don't have any, there's no legs to stand on, you know. Yeah. Some of these bands I hear, I hear a song will come out and I'll just think, you know, like, wow, what is. What's the drummer or the guitar player even doing on stage? I right know, now? I you know, know, like like when they play this song live, like what? So what are they even doing? Like, can, can they are they just hanging out?
1: Like, <laughs> you hanging know, out, crack a beer. You know, <laughs> no, we're just on yeah.
0: stage. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's like American Bandstand or something. You know, like like everyone's just pantomiming.
1: Absolutely, and and now is the time, you know, when we talk about this a lot as a band. Now is the time to kind of double down, you know, on the rock because a lot of yes. people have jumped ship and a lot of people wanted do all sorts of different things because I mean the thing about rock and roll is that it doesn't go away, but it's not always the most popular thing. You know what I mean? And right. so when everybody jumps ship, that means you just got to hang on, you know, I'm um, go down with it. <laughs> I mean, you, just we- <laughs> you,
0: know? you just weather the storm, right? I mean, it's like, I mean, when, when, when something is classic and you know, people throw the term timeless around a lot, but I also liken it to like, you know, in the early nineties, Marvel comics was bankrupt. They were literally right? bankrupt and selling off characters to studios and, the, and no one made a good comic movie with those characters for a long time. And, and now look at it, you know, like, I, know. I know it's like, a, so, it's I mean, research, and, and, yeah. and these are characters and properties that have been around since the sixties. So I think, you know, rock music is much the same way where there's peaks and valleys and we weather these different storms, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I agree. I think, I think doubling down and sticking to your guns and, Planning that flag and you know kind of you know choosing rock as the hill to die upon creatively i think uh will eventually pay off anyway because it all you know it, it it's, yeah it's still consistently there
1: yeah i think and Metallica approves that absolutely and and it's just so much more than than a, a career choice for for most of us it's like you know, I I got into this band when I was 13 and all of a sudden I had something that was mine, you know, I, this was mine. I could do this. Nobody else could do this, but I can do this, you know? And, uh, just to have that as a teenager, like, and this is the power of music, but you know, just to, to find that as a teenager. And, and, um, I, I feel like it helped me through all of those years. And now it's like, I still take things, like, personally, like, when things aren't, like, moving forward, I'm just like, nope, because it's a part of me, you know? It's an extension of my friend. So if things aren't moving forward, that means I'm not moving forward as a human being, you know? So um, so it keeps the hustle, you know, very real. And, and uh, and I mean, just as a fan of music, I mean, kids need rock and roll. I just went to go see Gojira last night. Yeah. Um, they were playing yeah. at the House of Blues in Cleveland, and, and there was this 12-year-old boy in the mosh pit, just, just freaking out and like just losing his mind. And it was just so neat to see that. And then they ended up bringing him on stage. He ended up, he's like, I'm a drummer. They brought him back and let him play on the kit and he was awesome. And wow. just that kind of stuff. Like, where it's just, like, you, you need that as a kid, you need that outlet and like something that you're so passionate about. And, and, uh, and, uh, it was neat to see the boys from Gojira just literally make his day. So that yeah, was-
0: his, his life. <laughs> Cause yeah, because who knows what, I mean, those sort of transformative experiences, I mean, who knows what that kid might be going through up until yeah. the moment that he got to that show and what sort of profound impact, you know, 10 minutes out of out of the evening for Gojira can have on a fan's life going forward. And, you know, the bands will create. And I saw a quote from you once where, where you were talking about how, um, you know, you discovered Motorhead, because of Metallica and it was like, yeah. you know, for me, it was the same way. I mean, the Misfits is one of my favorite bands of all. I mean, I have Misfits Tattoo and, you know, um, <laughs> and that was all through Metallica. I discovered the Misfits through Metallica. Yeah. I discovered Sam Hain through Metallica. I discovered, um, you know, the Dead Kennedys because David Ellefson from Megadeth had a Dead Kennedys sticker on his base. You know, and I think that that's, um, you, you just you just never know what seeds you're planting as you're, as you're out there kind of flying the flag, you know?
1: Absolutely. Oh, and um, speaking of... Gojira, one of their biggest influences was Metallica. And they did yeah. a medley of Metallica songs last night. Oh, no. And they, way. Te- they teased everybody because we thought they were going to go into the whole song. And they're like, nah, nah. And then they go into another one, like shredding it, you know? Yeah. Um, and they played some Sepultura too, but it was just, uh, that was really rad. And like, that's awesome because they're this French metal band and they were so heavily influenced by this American metal band. So, yeah. 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 That that's was sort of the,
0: the universal language of music.
1: Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! that's so cool. Yeah, and there's such a, yeah, and obviously you know Metallica took them on that, on that last tour not that long ago. Oh um, yeah. It was yeah. I think it was Avenged and Gojira on some of the dates, and Avenged and uh, Volbeat on other dates. Um, again, international. Um, so, what do you think it is? Uh, you know, for you as a guitar player, as a singer, as a songwriter. I mean, you mentioned kind of the the songwriting with the Black album specifically. um what do you think are some of the essential elements about Metallica that makes them so enduring, and that makes it a band that you know uh, musicians of your stature continue to admire and and talk about and be a fan of?
1: I, I think it's it's the it's the it's the idea that they that they put across. It's kind of like um, they weren't afraid to be larger than life, you know, and and they developed that kind of halfway through their career, you know, because after they were teenagers and everything's just like thrash and. And then all of a sudden, like, James Hetfield started to, like, kind of find his, his niche and his voice, and, and everybody, like, Metallica would not be Metallica without all four members, without all, all of these guys doing what they do best. Ooh,
0: yeah.
1: And for me, that just shows that they have tremendous respect for each other, and, and they know how to literally, uh, you know, and like we said before kind of be that poster child for metal like you know metal for metal riffs this is how you play a metal riff for a metal voice this is how you you get that attitude across and that and make you believe in what you're singing and and it's just uh for for me it's just so neat to see that and have that as an example you know as a as a bandmate and and as a singer and songwriter not to be afraid to do that and not to take yourself so incredibly seriously, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. that's, it's, it's just rock and roll. It's not rocket science, yeah. you know, to to, and, thir-
0: to 30 years in still be cracking jokes about all the other bands on the bill, on a I, piece of paper, <laughs> yeah. I, I,
1: you know, and, and, uh, did you see that? Um, uh, that episode where they, they were on Jimmy Fallon and they were playing yeah, um, and the roots, Sandman on all the kids, the kids all the instruments kids yeah yeah
0: so cool like,
1: i'm just i'm literally laughing to the point of tears and and still at the same time he's like ooh yeah you know yeah. it's, it's yeah. like a great um just a great character and um and uh, to me i think that's absolutely needed in in metal and rock and roll because then you know like when i saw them for the first time they have 7 year olds to 70 year olds and the reach is amazing because if you look up metal in the dictionary, there probably is a picture of Metallica and, and yeah. they've, they've achieved that. And it's just, it's really cool.
0: Yeah. To be, to be synonymous with your entire genre, as much as you yeah. might buck against that at different points, it's been nice to even see them explore and evolve and, and also sort of, uh, become comfortable in their own skin. Like you were saying, and, and yeah. to be what they are, you know, do you remember, uh, what the first few Metallica songs or riffs were that you learned as a um, young young musician?
1: As a young musician, I tried my hand at "Fade to Black." That was the first one, and and uh, and it took me a long time <laughs> yeah. to get through the song. Um, I had a friend of mine. Um, it, like I said, it was it was really cool to be a. a a chicken like Metallica, because then you get like your neighbor friend that plays guitar. Like, hey, how does this riff go? <laughs> you know. So <laughs> yes. um, I had a, so I had a, an, another friend. Uh, his name was Nate, and he would come over, and he had you know the Metallica tab book and everything. So we would literally like you know every every so often that we would hang out. Okay, well let's go over the next section. This, this you know is what every I mean? guy's
0: dream date that you're describing right now. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah,
1: oh, I, and you know what's funny. I didn't I'm just gonna really hang do out a,
0: and work on work on some Metallica. I, riffs. I
1: I didn't work it at the time, you know, I just thought, it's like, no, I'm you know, I'm a cool chick and most of my friends are guys. And then you realize like when you're looking back, like, oh no, they were really enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you just, t- you, you have to take it section by section because you can't just expect to like listen to the whole thing and know it. I know some people that are able to do that. I was never one of those. And, uh, and I learned how to play guitar primarily by ear because, um, you know, it was just hard finding a teacher and, uh. And uh, it, especially with the girl thing. Now, now, again, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, it's like that was a, an interesting factor when trying to get somebody to teach you guitar. So I depended like, on...
0: Like in the sense that like guitar teachers, like dudes would be like, oh, you're not really serious about...
1: Yeah, like, but, you know, oh, that's cute. You know, that's adorable. Okay. Um, So I had to do a lot of stuff on my own. And, and But it was also, I feel like it was my impatience too, to like how, how do I get from... Because I started guitar when I was 16, so it was a little later. I started on piano first, and and I just I picked up guitar because I wanted to be a badass. That's the long and short of it, you know. Just like I wanted to be like, okay, that's you know, when James stands, you know, <laughs> yeah. because he's got a forearm of steel and like you just want you just want that stance, you know. Yeah. I, I can't do that with a guitar, you know. <laughs> I try. <tried, no. laughs> that was not good. Cool.
0: Uh, yeah, and, ju- and and just that you know you always hear. Guitar players talk about, uh, you know, his right hand, right? Like oh yeah. Just, I mean, it,
1: it's part of the percussion. Uh, of it's literally, uh, you know, it, I, I don't think that with you know between him and and uh, and Lars, you know, that communication over rhythm. It's sometimes if you listen to the to Metallica songs, it's like the drummer's playing lead and. James is holding it down, and uh, I just think that's just absolutely amazing. And nobody plays guitar like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's really. I totally agree. It's really specific to their sound, and and that that combination. Yeah, of James's rhythm guitar and Lars's playing. I mean, it's it's you know, um, Metallica has on on occasion, like there was that festival that Lars missed, and Joey from Slipknot stepped in, and Dave Lombardo did some songs. And those are, you know, two of the greatest metal drummers of all time, no question. And it sounded great and they did a great job, but it sounded different, you know, and it's just like it it, it, wasn't the same chemistry. it's, It's Right. It's not that unique chemistry that only those two guys have together that makes that sound that we recognize as so fundamentally them.
1: Yeah. And it's, 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 it's really, and like we were saying before, I mean, that's a big deal for me because I mean, with, with our band, we're very similar. Whereas we're, I mean, I'm not comparing us to Metallica at all. Let let, let me make that clear. But, (laughs) um, but you know, just as, as bandmates, there's so much respect that you have to give each band member because I can't do what my brother does on drums. He can't do what I can do. Same thing with my bass player and guitar player. We all, it's kind of like, we're all holding up that that pyramid, you know, and you take one of those things away. It doesn't sound like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've guested with other people and you know, I, I'm the voice of the band and everything. So yeah. Okay. I can go and spread myself around, but that doesn't mean that, that, that just by slapping me on some random band, it's all of a sudden going to sound like hailstorm. It right. takes the yeah. four of us. Yeah. Exactly. But to, to be a little bit of a dork. I have, um, so I, a couple years ago, I, uh, I got a, uh, a, a custom made Gibson Explorer, right? So Which I had By the custom- way,
0: this podcast is nothing but being a dork. So yeah, okay. <laughs> Indulge your dork, inner dork, Good. please. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Come out, break free, uh, <laughs> my inner dork. Um, but uh, but a, a big reason why I chose the Explorer was because of James. And I'm I'm doing a black one next, so a black version of that, just Gnarly. to be a little delve a little bit more into that that metaldom
0: yeah so. you know and that's another thing too you, you bring up an interesting point even just bringing up that guitar because uh, you know there are a few artists and or, or, or i or i should say guitar shapes that are so specifically dif- yeah like tied to a, a particular artist you know what i mean yeah. like uh you know a lot of, a lot of people play less balls a lot of people play you know the, course. the different shapes of guitars and they're all great but but yeah when you think about a gibson explorer or i guess a ESP Explorer, or whatever they call it, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, you think about James Air Hetfield. Clothes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you think about James Hetfield and that that stance, like you were saying, and that you know, that wow. right hand and that arm of steel. Um, yeah, that's super cool. And w- what's also great about it is, I think you know, uh, bands. To me, the, the greatest bands are you know, because as a journalist and, and interviewing bands for a number of years. 99 times out of 100 every band wants to say well, we don't really sound like anybody else and we don't, really, we don't really feel like we fit in with you know we get lumped in with this and that we don't really sound like those bands and we do yeah. it's hard to describe what we do and you know uh, <laughs> this this new record you know the heavy parts are heavier than they've ever been but the melodic parts are like the most melodic and it's like you hear the same conversations same over the, yeah. yeah and I think that the greatest bands are kind of the sum of their influences Mm-hmm. with their own spin and that's what creates something new. Whereas you, you can reverse engineer Metallica as like motorhead and diamond head and black Sabbath. and But Absolutely. it was those individuals coming together at the time that they did and the place that they did, putting those things together in a way that only they could and making its own thing. And that, that the reason why I bring that up is okay. I think, you know, as much as that Explorer shape is a, a James Hetfield signature, um, you sort of taking an influence from that but making it your own is how cool things happen, you know? And there's going to be a girl or a guy somewhere out there who's going to want to play that shape guitar because Lizzie from Hailstorm does. And then at some point, just like you discovering Motorhead or me discovering the Misfits, yeah, they're going to go, Oh, she, she played that because the guy Metallica did and he played that because, you know, and I think that's also part of how we double down and uh, keep this music in this community. Like, moving forward you know
1: absolutely and and not and being unapologetic about it like and and you know because like you said we you know every every great band is the sum of their influences and 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 because that's that's all you do when you're a kid you're listening to your favorite music and figuring how can i do that how is that possible you know and so you're putting it together you know and then all of a sudden yeah okay you're you but um it is it is funny to um uh, it's even like my bandmates every now and then, like, I'll do something or I'll bring, you know, a song to the table and they'll be like, they're like, oh man, this is like, remember when we were talking when like, we were all 19 and we were listening to that band, like that out now all of a sudden is starting to come out, you know, in our, in our songs. And it's neat how like, you don't even really consciously do it. It's just like you absorb it and then it comes out in a different way. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and like I said, we're we're making another record here, and so I'm I'm kind of in that mode anyway. So yeah, like everything yeah. anybody says or does or like any song that I hear, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> and
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, like and that's obsession. and that's what's exciting. I mean, it's the same. I would imagine, you know, I mean, look at someone like Quentin Tarantino who just loves film and owns like, you know, reel upon reel of all this old stuff and has a theater here in LA and you know, and it's like you you get the sense that somebody like him is watching a movie and it's just making him go, like, I wanna make a movie that has like this Part I want to take this part, but I want to like do this. And, you know, and, and I think that's, yeah, that's where creative inspiration comes from and that's where we get a lot of the best art. I remember uh, interviewing Billy valo from him years ago and oh, cool. him just saying very matter of factly, you know, he was like, he's like, we're just, <laughs> he's like, we're just typo negative and you too,
1: and then-
0: <laughs> you know? And it's like,
1: that's yeah, actually, really I suppose true. you
0: are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you, but it, 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 it sounds like him. You know, like, yeah, like it doesn't sound like you two are typo negative. It sounds like you two and typo negative, but from Finland. But y- yeah, you know. but yeah, yeah. And that's like, it, it, and it was so cool to me, like, like, like exactly like you said, to be unapologetic about it, because that's somebody that you know had these very devoted fans, and um, that was such a better answer. than I don't really, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Know hard, I don't really know. Yeah. But, it's like <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Like you've heard other music before, it's okay.
1: Yeah, I wonder if uh, Quentin Tarantino is a fan of Metallica. He probably is.
0: Ooh, that's a. I know he's a big fan of Wu Tang because he's still he's the white dude in 2017 who was still wearing <laughs> Wu wear. <laughs> so oh and, gosh, and I know that's he's. Funny. I think he produced the movie that the RZA directed. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I wonder. You know, there are definitely uh, filmmakers. I, did you ever see the movie Hesher? I don't think so. Um, It was really small. It came and went. It definitely should have done better. Um, It was a first-time writer-director, but it actually stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Natalie Portman. Oh, So you would think that it would have been more seen, but it just kind of didn't really get out there. But um, without telling you too much about it, the character that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays, which is the main character... The look and feel of the character was modeled on Cliff Burton. Oh wow! Um, and he just, he looks like the ghost of Cliff Burton in the movie, and uh, and there's a bunch of Metallica songs in it, and on the poster, like the it says wow. Hesher in like the Metallica font, um, and yeah, and apparently they you know they obviously had to seek out Metallica's permission to use all of that stuff, and Metallica yeah. saw the movie, and they really appreciated the kind of tribute, homage to Cliff that was going on. Um, That's right. But yeah, I, I love seeing uh, when their music sort of inspires. You know, where was like the Paradise Lost documentary about the West Memphis Three, or um, yeah, or even something like Old School, where there's a, where Master of Puppets was playing. You know, uh, it's just it's great to see those those crossovers with film and and that sort yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah, because again, it makes it into this kind of like um, just iconic thing. You know, we come back to you know that's really is Metallica, you know, you look up metallica metal in the dictionary.
0: Yeah. And
1: when it when it seeps in through, you know, all this film, you know, and then all of a sudden I mean, I do I do know know girls that like wear like the tiny Metallica T but they don't really know all the songs and yeah. <laughs> you know that kind yeah. of so the thing with like the AC/DC t-shirt it's very in vogue right now yeah and um you know I'm so metal but you know I'm still but you know I actually listen to Katy Perry um yeah those types yeah of yeah I've seen and, oh, you uh, see
0: the TMZ photos of the actress at LAX wearing like a, a Megadeth shirt but it's yeah it's like, oh, this, exactly this like this vintage cool shirt yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah name one song <laughs> um yeah no it's it's that's cool, but uh, but yeah, no, like you see that kind of crossover, you know, into all sorts of things, into you know, film and and fashion and all that, and it's it just it makes me proud to actually be a part of the genre and and uh, a part of the community, um, you know, and it's and it's funny too because like I I feel like just just coming from my perspective, um, the scarier looking the uh, the metal band, the nicer they are. You know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. got to worry you got to watch out for the pretty boys they're usually dicks you know right. <laughs> you would find the, the long-haired bearded guy and <laughs> yeah. yeah and then
0: you sit down with somebody like Satir from satiricon and he's very like you know he's family man and he's got kids yeah. and he's very like measured and intelligent and yeah and then you're like but you guys were burning down churches <laughs> I know
1: this is so not well it, it's fine the same thing with like disturbed like the first time that we uh we got to tour with disturbed i mean they they like drink wine and get massages and <laughs> we have a i'm like this is so not disturbed you know and uh I, I mean again i love those boys too but it was so weird to like go on one of like your first like metal tours and, like having to be so unmetal, and uh you know and um i forget who i was i was gonna mention too oh um um, oh like, you know, like, like, you know, even like with Megadeth now and, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got his church thing going on yeah, and, yeah. and that wears white and, and, uh, uh, and Randy Blythe from Lamb of God, he listens to jazz. He, yeah. he was like, so, so he's like, I don't listen to metal. I play metal all the time. I listen to jazz after a show. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so Yeah, actually I had Mark Morton on this podcast, um, a couple episodes ago oh, cool. and, um, yeah and you know that that, that conversation does come up uh, particularly with um bands who have been touring for a long time and yeah you you want you want to get on the bus and listen to something different than what you just heard all day for Yeah you were, that
1: is true. You know
0: yeah I wonder I would imagine a lot of filmmakers are probably like that too like if they're making a bunch of martial arts movies they're probably yeah. watching rom-coms. Yeah. When they're when they're relaxing, you know. <laughs> I
1: like I'd like to think about that like maybe with with Rob Zombie because he does all the horror stuff. Yeah. He just sits down and watches The Notebook or something. I I'd, I'd oh. like to picture that in my mind. <laughs> totally. Yeah, you know, late at night when I have nothing going on, I I think about you know yeah. Rob Zombie. What's Rob Zombie watching Netflix? right now.
0: What is what is Marilyn Manson up to? Is he watching like a a sitcom on TV? is he, oh, is, he is he just Netflix binging like the Full House reboot?
1: Oh my yeah. gosh, that's great. <laughs> you never. Now know. There's the visual.
0: Yeah. Um, are you a are you a big movie person? Or are you into movies too?
1: Yeah, I like movies. Um, I, I'm pretty much exclusively movies and or binge watching something because I just don't watch television anymore. And and um, I, I like a lot of horror films. I just saw the 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 latest um, M Night Shyamalan uh, movie Split, and that was oh, pretty right. Rare. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely a good watch. And uh, I don't. I've been we. I've been binge watching Rick and Morty. It's like. I can't even tell you how obsessed we all are with that show. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. I hear good things. I actually haven't seen it. Um, yeah. You, ha-
1: you have to, if you can make it through the first three episodes, you get like into the rhythm of the humor and everything. And then it's like, you're just crying, laughing. Yeah. the whole time. So yeah, I'm the yeah.
0: same. I, I, I disconnected from, uh, you know, live television. I was a, yeah. I was a cord cutter years ago. And yeah, it's like all, all binge watch shows and, and movies and that's, you know, movies and music and TV. That's,
1: that's, that's about it. Yeah. And um, it I, every now and then we'll walk into like some cool bar and they'll have a, like a music video channel on and I'm just like such a music video junkie and, and just, it doesn't even matter who it is, you know, just like yeah. every music video. Yeah. And uh, so that's always fun too. But, uh, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't handle commercials anymore. <laughs> so,
0: oh yeah, right. Uh, uh, yeah. You get spoiled because now you see them and you're like, what are people? Like, oh God, this? the noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what's, what's next? After this, you guys go back with Nick and
1: Yeah, we uh working. after this tour we uh we go back with Nick and finish out the, the record and and then we wait while everybody gets their, their shit together to release it. <laughs> That's always the hardest part, you know, just you know, and uh just uh just the just the wait, you the know, lead, and the
0: lead time and uh, the, until it parts, gets pushed yeah.
1: out in the world. Yeah. I always I always say, like, can I just get like a hibernation like pill or something? Like one of those like sci-fi futuristic you know just like put me in a sleeping chamber yeah. and wake me up when it's all done and we get ready to go out on for promoting or, a new or, record <laughs> or,
0: or, or the Beyonce where you finish the record and then you just put it on and then boom yeah that night <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it was it was leaked you know
0: <laughs> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> by the band
0: <laughs> it leaked by us yeah
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um so before I let you go one uh one question that I've been asking recently as recently as just yesterday, uh, we were talking about dream Metallica tours and, uh, Ooh. like Jamie Josta said that his dream Metallica tour would be Metallica, the original Misfits and Hatebreed. Uh, what, what would your dream Metallica tour lineup look like?
1: I mean, I mean, at this point, um, we don't even have to be on it. I mean, I'll just be a spectator, but I think at this point, um, it would be, um, I would, I would love to see the combination of, uh, Foo Fighters, um, Metallica, and uh, and Black Sabbath, but with Dio.
0: Ooh, wow! Yeah, you know, I, I wish that would that,
1: be like a huge dream of mine.
0: You know, I missed the opportunity to see Heaven and Hell when they were touring, and you know, that's a total eternally kicking myself for. Me. I, I've I got, I've seen Sabbath with Ozzy, I've seen Dio solo, uh, but I never got to see him with those guys, and those those are you know yeah two of the best it, records.
1: We uh we actually ended up playing his last show on accident we um we were we were driving home from a tour this is in 2009 and uh, at the time i was living in pennsylvania and uh and coheed and cambria were opening up for um for heaven and hell um in atlantic city and uh and they dropped off last minute they couldn't do the show so my manager calls up and he's like "Uh, i know you guys are like going home but do you want to just Go and do this quick gig, you know, with with Sabbath and Dio, and I'm like, uh, what? yes. <laughs> what, <laughs> huh? Just turning and, uh, turning the bus around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're a skirt, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was just it was just so incredible, and and they were so freaking nice. We 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 played really fast and excited that day, and uh, but like they have uh, these like little balcony things. I think it was I think it was the House of Blues there, and uh, and like you see, like there was geezer butler and and ronnie like watching the show and i'm like this is weird this is so weird you know i'm freaking out and then uh they were just the nicest people uh they they um literally they signed everything for everybody after the show like they had a huge meet and greet and then afterward they came up like hey man you know like just wait here and uh, we want to hang out with you guys. So, okay, like we'll wait. And we didn't go home until like four. Yeah. And then, then they came up and they, they said, hi. And like, we hung out and Ronnie just like automatically all of a sudden he was uncle Ronnie, like just made you feel so at home. To, and, your, uh, to your
0: point, like we were talking, you know, he's yeah. demons and wizards and dragons. And then, you know, he's got his red wine and he's, <laughs> and he's hanging out and being very gracious and so intelligent. And,
1: yeah. I know such a nice dude. And then, uh, so, so, uh, not, not to um, ramble on with you, but uh, no. like he walked us out to our RV and there was like 30 people just hanging out, like wanting his autograph and take a picture. And he's like, he like, all right, stay here. I, I want to come back and say goodbye before you leave. And, and so like we were in our RV and I'm like, he's not coming back. This is crazy. We watched him sign everything for everybody, take every picture. And then he still came back to say goodbye to us. And I, I ended up saying like, like Ronnie, you really didn't have to come Back. you've been hanging out with us all day and yeah and um and if you're you should go on the bus it's you're probably tired it's like three in the morning and uh and he looks at me like with his finger he's like he's like lizzie it's a moment in time all these people are ne- you know you're never going to remember any of these faces or any of these places that you play but they're going to remember you for the rest of their lives so you make it good for every single one of them and i'm like yes sir you know of course so like you know, I take that with me, but then I realize as I'm looking back, he was doing that exact same thing to me so that I would have something, you know, to like, that That was an experience that I had with Dio and I can always hold that. And so he totally like fanned me, you know, which is awesome.
0: And that, and that, and that ended up being his last show too. Wow.
1: And we were keeping up like shortly after that, he was diagnosed and, and, uh, and we heard he was in the hospital and, um, a bunch of their roadies would come to some of our shows and we would get updates and like, how oh, how is Ryan doing? Oh, he's doing great. He got to keep all his hair and all this stuff, like, all right, awesome. And then like out of nowhere he was gone. And uh so I'm I'm very thankful that, you know, I got to meet and have that experience with him. Um, you know, at the same time it was really sad to see him go, you know. And
0: yeah. But what a great moment to hold on to and really bring us full circle too, like we were talking about that kid at the Gojira show, you know. Yep that's absolutely 10 minutes out of Gojira's life but you know that's a a lifetime's worth of of a moment for that fan
1: absolutely yeah
0: and he could end and that fan could end up being in a band you know five ten years from now and And talk about that forward yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah telling that story to a fan you know yeah yeah oh that's so cool so um do you have any sort of uh ETA on when you think that record might actually arrive
1: we uh, we want to have it done before the end of the year so we're, we're gonna do that and then uh, and hopefully spring you know i've I've stopped making promises a long time ago because
0: as you should and and, like, I, and and like I tell every band you know Depeche mode violator is one of my favorite albums of all time I can tell you so much about the record and the making of the record and what the different songs mean to me and where I was in my life at the time and other friends that love the record the cover art you know what I yeah. can you know what I can't tell you is I can't tell you what quarter the record was released in yeah I don't exactly. know who else was on that street date I don't know what the first single was I don't know uh, who the what support tour they got on uh, which festivals they lined up with you know nobody remembers that shit right yeah, like, no, who, it's, who fucking cares like it's the record <laughs> you make the record the record Put it needs out. to be and then let the rest of it that rest of it works itself out
1: yeah, and, and we're nobody taking our remembers time. at the end of the
0: day.
1: Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because we're we're usually I mean the hustle is real and and with every record that we've ever made, it's always been kinda go, go, go and and like, you know, let's make sure we have like the songs ready first and then we go in and just like record it in a month and then we're back out on tour before the record gets released and mastered and all that. And uh and this time we've just kind of been taking our time. We've been, you know, doing one-off stuff this summer and just making sure that it's right. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. So <laughs>
0: and, and that reminds me, you know, we were just talking about Sabbath and I was about to say I'll, I'll be seeing you at the Loudwire Awards. Um, the day before the Loudwire Awards, as part of the event, I'm actually interviewing Tony Iommi at the Musicians oh, Institute. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. And it's like a Q&A uh, where, you know, I'm, I'll – interview them for about an hour in front of an audience of students and then students get to ask questions for about 30 minutes and um awesome. it's an event that i've I've moderated for them a bunch of times before i got to have i had rob alford there once um and then it's been like good charlotte black bell brides um sleeping with sirens um a lot of different bands but i mean tony iomi it's like you know yeah no the hand <laughs> of the created metal it's like you know
1: your your, to your inner thirteen year old is gonna be like, oh gosh, it's, it's insane, cool. it's, it's, cool. it's insane, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be a whole
0: bunch. It's. I was talking about this with Rob Flynn, actually uh, on on the podcast. Like he was talking about you know because Machine Head toured with Heaven and Hell, yeah, and he was talking about those moments with Iommi, and now uh, he doesn't really get starstruck anymore or whatever. But but you're with Tony Iommi, and the whole time you're just yeah. like, be cool, be cool, be cool, cool, be cool, like yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be a bunch of me uh, the day before the Loudwire Awards. So. Um, um, yeah.
1: I know the feeling. <laughs> well,
0: thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. You were one of the people at the you. top of my wish list to get on here. Oh. And, sweet. you know, Josh thinks the world of you, and so I always, uh, you know, felt like I knew you already, even though I knew Oh, that, that's we, awesome. We didn't, well,
1: so. I, I appreciate it, man. This is something that I'm passionate about, and we talk about, anyway all day so it's, it's just nice <laughs> awesome. to, have, you know to have that
0: dialogue that was the whole inspiration for doing this podcast like literally these these conversations it became sort of a running joke that I would always inevitably bring up Metallica in some way like I you know um Black Veil Brides I've done I think three cover stories on them and it became a running joke with them like I would always somehow compare always what, yeah and then they made a record with Bob Rock and it's just like how am I not going to talk about? Metallica yeah, I know. I know.
1: Help um, me out, guys. <laughs> and then that, yeah, and
0: then that just sort of spun off into this idea of like, I should, you know, I'm having these conversations anyway. This is like what a, what podcasts are, right? <laughs> and then yeah. here we are. So, well, awesome. Thanks. Looking forward to seeing you guys play at the Loudwire Awards. And,
1: Hell yeah, um, man! Give my can't best wait to, to uh, can't wait to see you in person. <laughs> yeah,
0: likewise. Um, give my best to Miss Costello out there on the road with you.
1: I will. I'll give her a good hug for you.
0: Take care. Be safe out there. I'll see you soon.
1: Hell yeah! Thank you so much, babe.
0: I hope you enjoyed that chat with Lizzie Hale even 10% as much as I did because that would mean you enjoyed it a lot because I really enjoyed it a lot. Don't forget you can find Speak and Destroy on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please, please, please leave a five star, nice little review in iTunes because as soon as we hit 100 reviews, we're going to pick someone at random and send you the Kill 'em All Deluxe Collector's Edition box set, courtesy of our friends at Warner Music. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Downey, on Instagram at Superhero HQ. Speak and Destroy is part of the Pop Curse Podcast Network. As always, you guys have been great. And I've been Ryan J. Downey.